the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Ron Geyer Roofing. The Bible describes events that will mark the last days or end times. 2 Timothy 3.1 says, This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. Matthew 24.44 tells us, Therefore you must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour when you do not expect Him. Bible teacher Ron Geyer leads us through Scripture that will help us to remain strong in the Lord. End Time Insights with Bible teacher Ron Geyer starts now. Hi, family and friends. Ron Geyer, End Time Insights. Thank you so much for listening to us. It really makes my day. My love language is uh, words of affirmation, so I need to know (laughs) that you guys are listening. It helps me to do a better job. Today, I want to talk about finding one voice. And, you know, I thought about, do I want to make it finding our voices? Talking about the church. But no, I I want to make it finding our voice because it needs to be. The church needs to speak with one voice. And that voice is based on the Word of God. It's the totality, Scripture, uh, till we all come to the unity of our faith. It's the totality of Scripture, and we all are unified there. Not on my doctrine, not on my church, but we are unified by speaking the Word of God. And America today needs the Word of God. The entire world needs the Word of God, but I always focus on America. I'm an American. I'm a Texan. So I'm speaking by and large to people in my sphere of influence. And once again, let me reiterate, the church and only the church has the wisdom and the understanding to help America get through what we're going through. We have the only voice, the only wisdom. We are connected to God. We know how to address these problems. I didn't say solve the problems because they may not be solvable. You know, we're heading into the end times. Perilous times are upon us. Uh, Men are lovers of themselves. They are times of great danger. If you are living in the earth today, You're living in an age when mankind is evil, and we are at great risk because of evil men, not because of global warming, not because of strange weather patterns, not because of regional conflicts. We are at hurricanes, tornadoes. We are at great risk because men are evil. And so not only did God give us the wisdom and the understanding in the church to deal with these issues, but he's also given us the authority And that authority, it was given to us by Jesus himself. We have jurisdiction in the realm of the spirit over these issues. And we have to navigate these waters. But the church should be steering the ship. And we've not been. We've kind of been absent. And there's reasons for that. We've kind of been silent. I'm not going to say everybody, but there are a few that are still standing up and defending us and fighting for our rights and telling people the truths, both the pleasant make you feel good truths And the hard truths that talk about your sin and the Holy Spirit goes ahead and convicts you. But that's what brings you to your knees, to the foot of the cross, where you accept the fact you need a Savior and Jesus Christ enters into your life. At the end of the day, though, even these problems, the ones that you see, whether it's the virus, whether it's the fear that's created by the virus, whether it's the economic crisis through the shutdowns that have been manifested, the problems are spiritual. Yeah, I loved, we were watching, my wife sent me the video uh, today is a Monday when I do this. And there were, this past Sunday, there were 7,000 in an outdoor worship 
a service over in Portland. Now, you won't see CNN report that. They would much rather report the violence in the city. They would much rather report the lawlessness and show people destroying things. But no, there were 7,000 people worshiping our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ publicly outside in Portland last Sunday. And I know they're doing that in California. I knew there were 10,000, not 10,000, was it 10,000? No, 1,000 churches have joined the lawsuit by John MacArthur. Uh, a brother McCoy was leading that movement. And the churches seem to be defending, finally, the, some of us. We seem to be uh, defending our ground, defending our rights. And let me say this. You know, people are thinking that it's a great victory that the churches can go online and we're reaching more and more people. Let me tell you this, man. Because we have allowed the government, the ungodly government, the unconstitutional mandates that came from our ungodly leadership, such as Mayor Turner, even Governor Abbott, but people like Newsom in California and Mayor de Blasio in New York, they are forcing the churches down. And so we found refuge in the Internet. And But you got to understand something. That's a short-term solution. As soon as they get the churches to stay closed, as soon as they go ahead and get us online, then they will control the Internet and they will shut us down on the Internet and then we'll have no church left, which is why it's so, so important that we fight to stay open right now, that we defy these unconstitutional mandates to close us down. And that's why I'm talking today about finding our voice, because it's the church that needs to defend the church, the right to be the church. So let me read this here. I was talking about the fact that these are carnal manifestations. They're not really spiritual manifestations, but there are symptoms is what they are. The problems are spiritual. And the main problem, you could sum it up, it's God versus man. It's man has rejected God. Therefore, we're under the judgments of God because God wants our attention. He wants to deal with us and he wants us to deal with our sin. He wants us to stop killing our children and to stop promoting homosexual, sexually depraved lifestyle. He wants us to quit walking in rebellion and to live in lawlessness that we're, we're destroying our cities and our vehicles. We're trying to defund the representatives, law and order, the police. It's an amazing situation. I don't think anybody ever expected uh, America to come to this, but this is where we are. And so regarding America, regarding the church, finding our voice, uh, it's going to be in the word of God, of course. That's where you look for anything and everything. And I read Proverbs 10, and there were some wonderful scriptures there. Proverbs 10, verse 11, the mouth of a righteous man is a well of life. That's in the King James. In other translations, I believe it says the mouth of a righteous man is a wellspring of life. Man, if America needs anything, we need people speaking life instead of death and fear and panic and lack. We need people speaking life. And the men and women of God, their mouths are supposed to be well springs of life. Well springs. You can't keep it down. It's a spring. It's like a jack in the box. You put your hand over it. No. Life pops out of me. You shut me up. You put your hand over my mouth. Life is going to pop out of me. It's going to blast that hand away. That's what God is talking about. The mouth of a righteous man. We need to get the mouth of righteous men and women on CNN, on Fox, on the nightly news. We need to get them dominating the post on Facebook and on Twitter. We need the mouth of the righteous man speaking and defending the kingdom of God, representing the kingdom of God, and letting Americans make an honest choice rather than being ruled by the mouth of the Antichrist. I rebuke that satanic mouth in the name of Jesus. You go far from our borders in America in the name of Jesus. Proverbs ten thirteen. In the lips of him that has understanding, wisdom is found. America has a need for wisdom. The church has that wisdom. In the lips of him that has understanding, talking about those that read the word, those that obey the commandments of God, those that have a relationship with the Bible, 
wisdom is found. I remember when President Trump, we were trying to figure out in America how to deal with all the violence against our children in the schools. That may have been a year or two ago. And, you know, I forget whether I wrote a letter, Diane sent him a postcard or something, but we have the answer. We know how to protect our children. We know how to defend them from pedophilia. We know how to defend them from the violence in our schools. How do you do that, Ron? How do you do that? Well, it's very simple. Quit killing our children in the womb. You show in the realm of the spirit that you respect the life of children, and there's a natural result that God will bring his hand back on to protect our children. But you can't say we're going to be our own gods, we're going to decide about life, and we're going to kill our children in the womb to satisfy our sexual appetites so that they don't, they're not born because of our sexual sin. You can't do that and then ask God to go ahead and protect your children in the schools and in the marketplace. It doesn't work that way. There are spiritual principles that you must obey. Proverbs 10, 20, the tongue of the just is as choice silver. Isn't that wonderful? The tongue of the just is basically treasure, man. We've got treasure. We've got this treasure, the Lord Jesus Christ in earthen vessels. And then this last one I want to read, it's, it's really wonderful and it's so applicable and it's, a, it's rescue. Look, Proverbs ten twenty one. the lips of the righteous feed many, but fools die for want of wisdom. My mouth is a wellspring of life. It's a treasure. It's provision for you. It has understanding for you about the crisis in America, and I can feed you. I can feed you words of life. Remember, it's a wellspring of life. The lips of the righteous feed many. I am supposed to be feeding you daily, but you don't get that on the radio. You don't get that on the TV. You don't get that on the nightly news. All they're doing is ministering death and fear. But the lips of the righteous feed many, but look at the second part. But fools die for want of wisdom. Hey, if you're a fool, and basically a fool is said in his heart, there is no God. Basically, if you're a fool, we have the solution to your foolishness, and it's the words of wisdom. If you're going to die, if you're a fool and you're, you've rejected God and you're going to die because you don't have wisdom, well, then the lips of the righteous feed many. I will feed you the wisdom that you will need to live. I will tell you the truth that you need to live. And that's what's missing in our news reports. That's what's missing. That's why they're so desperately trying to shut the churches down. And they've succeeded on many levels. But the church has the wisdom. The man in the pulpit feeds you with the word of God. He's got the wisdom that will Remove your foolishness from you and bring you into the family of God. Proverbs 6.22, and this is wonderful. Uh, it talks about, Proverbs 6 is talking about the fact that uh, the Word of God, what it does, it, uh, it will lead you. It'll be a guide for you. It will be a guardian. It will keep you. It'll be a companion. It will speak with you. And I love this. The actual scripture is the Word, where is it? When thou goest, the Word will lead you when you sleep. It will keep you, and when you awake, it shall talk with thee. God's word talks to you, and I love what Spurgeon wrote about it. The word of God will speak with you. This Bible is a wonderful talking book. Isn't that fabulous? This Bible is a wonderful talking book. There is a great mass of blessed talk in this precious volume. It has told me a great many of my faults. It will tell you yours if you would let it. It has told me much to comfort me, and it has much to tell you if you will but incline your ear to it. It is a book that is wonderfully communicative. It knows all about you, all the ins and the outs of where you are and where you ought to be. It can tell you everything. Isn't that wonderful? Don't you want to know that? Amen. And your Proverbs 8, 1-4, Does not wisdom cry and understanding put forth her voice? 
She stands in the top of the high places, by the way, in the places of the paths. She cries at the gates, at the entry of the city, at the coming in at the doors. Unto you, O men, I call, and my voice is to the sons of men. So here we see that the Bible says that the wisdom of God is calling you. It is seeking you. This is available for anybody, it says, to the sons of man. That's us. We have the opportunity to walk in the wisdom of God. And it is the job of the church, once they find that, to share that. That is the voice. That's the voice that we need to find. I don't care about commenting on other things that are happening. It's like the people when they, the people that hire in the banks, the Treasury Department, they want to uh, identify false bills. And so they study all day long real bills. They don't study false bills. They study real money. This way, when the false comes across their path, they've been able to identify it as false. Same way with the Word of God. I read the Word of God all day long. Your pastor should be preaching you the Word of God, not their opinion, the Word of God, not their favorite doctrine. They should be preaching you the Word of truth, the wisdom of God. And this way, when the false, when the deceptive, when the deceiver, when the false teacher comes, when the heretical doctrine comes, when the lies are promoted, they know the truth and they can identify what's false. And that's where we are lacking in America because we've not been speaking with one voice. Proverbs 14.3. This is the easy-to-read version. Foolish words cause you trouble. Wise words protect you. I'm going to speak the words of truth over America. I'm going to protect America. I'm not going to cause them trouble. We hear the people in the media speaking foolish words all day long. They are causing Americans trouble. I, the church, you, need to counter that by speaking wise words. What words are wise words? The words found right here. Proverbs does not wisdom cry. God offers it to you. Look what's so great about this. She stands on top of the high hill. God did not hide wisdom. Let me read you this quote from, I think this is Kidner. Wisdom personified or wisdom on a personal basis, personal level, cries out as widely and broadly as possible. She speaks to those beside the way and where the paths meet. She makes her call in the most public of places by the gates at the entry of the city. Wisdom is not hidden. It cries out to all who will listen. What a great explanation. God's not hiding his wisdom from you. You know, I heard this yesterday by my pastor, Jack Pigeon, Jack C. Pigeon. It was wonderful. He talks about the treasures of God that are hidden. They are not hidden from you. They are hidden for you. Isn't that great? I love that. And it says right here, once again, though, that uh, wisdom is not hidden. A chapter This is uh, talking about Proverbs uh, 8. A chapter which is to soar beyond time and space. It opens at street level to make it clear first that the wisdom of God is as relevant to the shopping center as it is to heaven itself. That is so amazing. Basically, God is saying, I've got wisdom out there where you're going. If you're going to the mall, shopping center, food market, I've got wisdom there for you. Hey, if you're going to the to the ball game, if you're going to the city financial place, if you're going to church, I've got wisdom there. I not only have it hidden, I've got it on top at the highest point there that she is calling to you. It is so important. Many of our leaders are listening to the voice of government telling them what they can do and what they can't do in their churches. And then they tell you what you are allowed to do after they've sought the wisdom and the government dictates about what they're allowed to do. That's backwards. That's not how it's supposed to be working. They're not supposed to be responding to the dictates of man. They're supposed to be responding to the wisdom of God concerning the running of his church. The Bible says that the church, the body of Christ, uh, the pillar and the foundation of truth. 
I mean, that's so important. The church has truth, and we get it from the Word of God. We should listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit as leaders, and we respond to that. You don't allow man to tell you what to do and then see what's left for you. No. You minister and you receive the wisdom of the Holy Spirit, and that's what you're telling people from the pulpit. To you, O men, I call. Here Solomon spoke of wisdom on a personal level. This is the message that wisdom presented to the men and women, all who would listen to her. Now, commentator Bridges writes this about that. This is awesome. The loudness and the perseverance of the voice of wisdom is that of an earnest friend who's warning you of danger. For would she have cried so loud or continued for so long if she had not loved your soul? When we tell you the hard truths about the Bible, when we are warning you that abortion is wrong, that homosexuality is an abomination before the Lord, that the murders and the violence and the Black Lives Matters terrorist groups, that they are destroying you. When we are warning you about that, it's because we love your souls. We don't want you spending an eternity apart from Father God. For would she have cried so loud or continued for so long if she had not loved your soul? If she had not known the wrath that was hanging over you or the hell that was before you. You know, Paul writes it this way. This is, where is it? Where'd it go? He talks about, though, that uh, uh, he's trying to rescue us from the terror of the Lord. This is a fearful thing to fall into the terror of the Lord. And we need to make sure that our earnest plea to you is to rescue you and to warn you. This is what Diane and I are doing. This is our ministry now. For years, we did marriage ministry, but God has moved us, I believe, because we were faithful. We were very faithful in that marriage ministry. And now I believe God has promoted us to a more challenging ministry where we are trying to warn the body of Christ about the dangers because judgment begins at the house of God. God needs the body of Christ up and running. We need to be doing the will of God. We use God's word and our understanding of God's word to warn you. We're not trying to say anything to scare you. We are trying to re you to prepare you for what is happening proverbs 28 4 they that forsake the law praise the wicked but such as keep the law contend with them we are to have a voice in the political arena we are to have a voice that calls out sin jesus said reprove rebuke and exhort two out of three times you're going to get challenged and so i could give you a scripture after scripture after scripture i could take you through passage after passage account after account where the christian voice is to be present in every situation in any situation, the greater the danger, the larger the crisis, the more hopeless the situation. That is where the Christian voice and the hope and the wisdom that she brings should be speaking. Once we learn this and start doing it, once we receive revelation from reading and studying and praying these scriptures, then something happens and we, we begin to become effective ministers for Christ and we become emboldened to speak up for God. Many of the people in leadership positions they have an agenda. They don't talk for God. They talk out of their own spirits. They have good ideas, but aren't necessarily God ideas. And there's a difference. Look at this. Peter and John, I think it was, they were taken into the Jewish leadership and they were being challenged and rebuked and punished for speaking God's word. Acts four twenty nine through 31. And John and I think it was uh, Peter and John, they're now praying, they're talking to God. And now, Lord, behold their threatenings and grant them to your servants that with all boldness we may speak your word. I love that. They were saying, look, God, behold their threatenings. God saw. They, they didn't write that for uh, God. They wrote that for us. That even though they are threatening, John and Peter are saying, Lord, pray 
We want to ask you, Father God, give us boldness. We want to speak your word. Let me say this, brother and sister in Christ, minister, pastor. It takes boldness to speak the word of God. And according to this, it takes boldness to speak the word of God when you're being threatened. And that's fine. That's been our prayer in the last couple of intercessory prayer meetings that we've had, that God would give us boldness. But look what happened. And now, Lord, behold their threatenings and grant unto your servants that with all boldness we may speak thy word by stretching forth your hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done by the name of thy holy child, Jesus. Jesus Christ, the holy child, he's doing signs and wonders, but he needs the boldness of John and Peter to speak the word. And when they had prayed and the place was shaken where they were assembled together, they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and they spoke the word of God with boldness. We cannot forget that to utilize the power of God, we must pray. And to utilize the power of prayer before we speak. Basically, it comes down to this. Make sure you speak to God and allow him to speak to you before you speak to others. Otherwise, I'm going to be speaking to you out of my own wisdom, out of my own spirit. And that's what America needs today. The church needs to speak to the nation. We need to tell them the truth. But we pray before we do that. I see a resurgence in prayer right now. I've seen it in my own church. God is moving there. And that's going to produce in us boldness. That boldness is going to produce in us an increased ability and passion to preach the word of God. That is going to increase the opportunity for signs and wonders to be done so that people may know what we're about to talk to you in Acts 4.13. When they saw the boldness of Peter and John, when who saw the boldness? When the people who were persecuting him, when the Jewish leaders called them in to punish them, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that these were just regular men, they were unlearned, they were fishermen, they were ignorant men, they marveled. And they took knowledge of them, here's the key, that they had been with Jesus. We need to paint a picture that people can tell that we are spending time with Jesus. You know, if I'm hanging out with, let's say, oh, let's say uh, George Springer, a baseball star for the Houston Astros, if I'm hanging out with him, I'm going to start telling stories about him. I'm going to be promoting the fact that I know somebody special. That's just human nature. And yet they did this and they were, Uh, made aware, the people that were persecuting Peter and John were made aware that these people, they were regular folks, but they had been with Jesus. I think that is awesome. What a way people know that you're spending time with Jesus. I love that. What did they use? What was the key that they could see that they spent time with Jesus? It was their boldness. When they saw the boldness of Peter and John, they took knowledge that they had been with Jesus. That's it right there. We are going to have to be spending time with Jesus in order to get our unified voice out to our nation. If we are spending time with Jesus, so much so that it becomes evident even to those who are doing the threatening, we can have an impact for good on our nation. But if you will read on, you will see that they were still threatened even after they took notice of that. So don't think it's going to cause an end to your persecution. If you think that your boldness is going to end the persecution or the tribulation that you're going to get or it's going to protect you from further abuse, you would be mistaken. Nevertheless, it is important that now during this time of crisis, we magnify Jesus Christ and not ourselves. If you think through these scriptures, if you think about them, meditate on them, several Questions should pop up into your hearts. If the current crop of church leaders is silent, there are exceptions. Does that mean then that the boldness that they are lacking 
is because they aren't spending time with Jesus? Is that a possibility? Well, if it is, there is a starting point for your prayer. You lift up your pastor. I I must say this every week now. God's really put on my heart intercessory prayer for our pastors. You lift up your pastors. It's obvious to the detractors of Peter and John that they were the ones who followed Christ. You need to make sure that your pastor is covered in prayer so that he can speak boldly, so that he's willing to take the blows when they come. You need to make sure that you're praying for him because once he starts doing this and he receives the boldness that you're praying for, and he will, God answers prayer. When you pray according to the will of God, you know that you have the petitions desired of him. When you start doing that, your pastor is going to be promoted. He is going to be also challenged. God will put him in places. He'll be saying things that may put him in difficult places where he'll have to answer for. That's why it's so important you join your intercessory prayer team. Our church is just starting a prayer on Saturday night. I believe that's an answer to the prayer that we were doing on Friday night. Don't you love the way it works? Pray on Friday night and your church gets an answer to the prayer on Saturday night. We're excited about that. I encourage you, pray, 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 and look to God to see what you can say to enter into the way that's happening in America today. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us for End Time Insights with Ron Geyer. Listen again next Sunday night at 8 on 100.7 The Word, where faith comes by hearing. You can also listen to the podcast of this program by going to kkht.com. If you would like to contact Ron, email him at gospelguy at comcast.net.